we're very grateful to God for his manifold blessings and for allowing us to be here today on this another Lord's Day. Our scripture for today is found in the gospel as recorded by John. We'll read chapter 4. I'll read a few select verses, but our message will encompass about half of this particular chapter. The fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. The fourth chapter of the fourth Gospel. John is the fourth of the Gospel writers. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. I'm going to read from the King James translation. It reads as follows, beginning with verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samar, Samaria, which is called Sakar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Joseph's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Verse 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again, but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The final verse I read. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. I want to speak today from the subject he gave her water. You may be seated. He gave her water. I want you to really pay attention to this message today. 
And I say that not because I'm preaching it or because I think I got so much that you need to be focused on me. But I want you to pay attention to this passage of scripture because this is a passage of scripture that is often misunderstood. It's misinterpreted. People leave with erroneous conclusions and convictions concerning the message. And so it is my hope today, by the aid of the Holy Spirit, to help to dispel many of the <coughs> false conclusions that people come to when they read this portion of scripture. He gave her water. The Gospel of John is unique. It's different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I say this quite often, those three Gospels are what theologians call synoptic Gospels. They pretty well cover the same things told by different individuals. But the Gospel of John is different John was better known as the beloved disciple. He was the disciple to whom Jesus said, Behold thy mother. Upon his crucifixion, Jesus left his mother under the care of John, the beloved disciple. This is not John the Baptist. This is the Apostle John. My father, and I often talk about him because I love him so much, he used to listen to the radio. And there was a program that was called The Rest of the Story. I don't know if any of you all were alive in those days. Anyone want to raise their hand? The Rest of the Story. All right, that's somebody. Paul Harvey. It was radio. It might have been on TV, but the Paul Harvey show. Sister Bussard didn't raise her hand. Sister Deacon. The rest of the story. Paul Harvey, not Steve Harvey now. He was a fascinating man and he would always bring some information to the hearers that you might not otherwise glean. The program aired Monday through Fridays. And Paul Harvey would always tell the rest of the story. My father also listened to what was called shortwave radio. I guess it's probably a forerunner to what you call the internet. He would listen to news from around the world. I don't know yet why my wife thinks there's something wrong with me when I want to watch the news. She said she was raised up, I would have on three TVs and watching sports games. My father would have his shortwave radio on 
He would be listening to Paul Harvey. He'd be listening to different broadcasts around the world. And they would always focus in on something that others seemingly overlooked. And I believe today that this passage of scripture in John 4 is a passage of scripture where there are things that if you don't take the time to prayerfully read it, you don't overlook it. You just conclude, well, that's what I always heard. You wouldn't even research it. You just say, that's what I was always told. But I want to suggest today that there are other things in this text, things that we should not overlook. And I want to share some of those with you. The first thing that I would like for you to note is that in verse 1, there is a misperception. It says in verse 1 of chapter 4, When therefore the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. John qualifies this, John the Apostle, not John the Baptist. He said Jesus didn't baptize anybody. There's no record in the Bible of Jesus baptizing anybody. His disciples baptized. Paul said, I don't remember who I baptized. I, I, I was called to preach, not to baptize. So one misperception is that Jesus <coughs> performed baptisms. He didn't. His disciples did. And so what he did in verse 2, he got away. He ran away because there were people, and this is interesting, who were more concerned about the messenger than the message. I'm dispelling rumors today, misperceptions. Jesus didn't want people following him out of popularity. Following him because of what he could give them. He could feed them. He could open their eyes of the blind. He could do all of these things. He did those miracles. But he didn't do them that people might fall in love with him. And so when he heard that people were gathering around him because he baptized so many people. Verse 3 says he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. That's an interesting statement. But in order to get to Galilee, he had to go through Samaria. The King James Version says in verse 4, he must needs go through Samaria. He couldn't get to where he was going without going through Samaria. And so verse 5 says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, 
It was near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. Another misnomer is that people think Jesus wasn't human. Jesus was tired. He was worn out. And so he decided, I'm going to sit down. And he sat down near this well. And it was about the sixth hour. The sixth hour means it was about noontime. In the Jewish calendar, the, the day begins, they count the hours. Six o'clock is the first hour, so on. So 12 o'clock, the sixth hour of the day. He was tired and he was resting. Rest is important. Even Jesus, the human, required rest. So Jacob's well was there, and he was weary in his journey, and it was about the sixth hour. The next thing that I want us to notice, the text says in verse 7, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. So as Jesus was sitting there near this well, tired, exhausted, needing a break, a woman comes up to the well. Another misnomer that we sometimes think is people make it sound like this woman was flirting with Jesus. This woman didn't start a conversation with Jesus. This woman didn't say anything to Jesus. She wasn't there looking for a man as some people tend to think. It's not in the Bible. I'll wait till you show me where it is. Show me where she said something initially, initially to him. She was there to draw some water from a well that was a community well. It was the place where people in her community would go and draw water. It was Jesus who approached the woman. Look at the Bible. Don't read too fast. Or you'll miss it. You'll say, I always heard. Well, read. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. She wasn't even paying any attention to him. But he said, Give me a drink. Now, I want you to also notice, and John was very clear, and it's in parentheses in the King James, for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Which means Jesus was alone. Just him 
and a woman. In the text, you will find there are a lot of problems historically that one could conjure up from this text. One could ask, why was this woman out there in the middle of the day trying to draw some water? And I would say, don't think about it too hard. She was thirsty. <laughs> and she needed water. And he gave her water. She was thirsty. Now, the historical background, however, is that Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Racial prejudice uh, is not new. It's not just in America. It's existed for ages. Jews didn't speak to Samaritans. Not only that, a man, a Jewish man, didn't speak to a woman in public, not even his wife. A Jewish man would not even converse with his wife in public. And so Jesus broke the norms. Here he is, a man, alone in the middle of the day with a woman. And he had the nerve to speak to her. The next thing that I want you to take note of is that this woman was not an ignorant woman. She was not a woman that did not have some biblical, theological, sociological, cultural knowledge. All right, the woman off. The woman of Samaria said, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I also might add, just in case you didn't know, this is the longest conversation in the Bible between Jesus and anybody. There's not a passage of scripture in the Bible where Jesus' conversation is detailed to the extent that this conversation is. So she asked him. And she must not have been afraid. Maybe she was sarcastic. Maybe she was, I don't know what she was doing. But John says she asked him. How is it you, a Jew, don't ask me, a woman of Samaria, for water? 
The Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritans. And Jesus came right back at her. So much so this conversation is recorded for us. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that would ask you for this water, you would, he, you would have asked me. And I would have given you living water. Jesus stirred up something. Say, woman, you don't know who I am. If you knew who I was, you'd be asking me. But she came back again. But you can see from the text that she wasn't where he is. She said, you don't even have anything to draw water with. This well is deep. Where are you going to get some water from? Come out here with no bucket. <laughs> Talking about, I can give you some water. You don't even have a bucket to draw with. That's the conversation that she had. And then she had the nerve. She said, are you greater than our father, Jacob? Our father, Jacob. She considered herself to be part of Israel's chosen people. Are you greater than him? He gave us this well, and he drank from it himself, and his children, and his cattle. So Jesus had to ratchet the conversation up a little bit, because she was talking about natural water and he was talking about spiritual water so he said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst but the water that I will give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said, well, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Then Jesus, who started this conversation, delved a little bit deeper into her personal life. Mm -hmm. But even here, I think that we have often misread or misinterpreted the conversation. He said unto her, verse 16, go call your husband and come on. I'll give you some water. Go get your husband. The woman answered him, I don't have a husband. And he said unto her, you have spoken well. You have no husband. Now I want you to take off your carnal hats. Or you can leave them on if you want to. And I'll help you to strip them off. In the carnal, fleshly way of thinking, we could say, man, this was a flirtatious conversation. <laughs> 
Hey, give me some water. Out there at the well, no, nothing to draw water with. Jesus wasn't looking for water. <laughs> and the woman knew he was. What you want, man? You think go get your husband? She said, I don't have one. And he said, you know, you tell the truth. But here is another misperception. People perceive that this woman was an immoral woman. That she'd just been sleeping around with man after man. And that she's out of the well trying to find another man. But that's not in the Bible. Not in mine. She didn't start this conversation. Jesus did. And then I want you to notice that Jesus said something that if you had read it, you wouldn't be spreading that falsehood that this was an immoral woman. He said, you have had five husbands. He didn't say you had five boyfriends. You had five husbands. Which means what? She was married. She wasn't a woman just out there flirting around. But he said she had five. So the question could become, and it's up for grabs, what I love about the Bible, what happened to her husband? You got to also understand that in the Jewish culture, a woman could not divorce her husband. But a man could divorce his wife for anything. Well, this woman may have been a victim and not a villain. She may have been one that had been abused and not an abuser. Yeah, you had five. And now you're living with a man that's not your husband. Stop and think for a moment. How many people that you know, or maybe you don't know, whose lives are wrecked and destroyed, not because of themselves, but because of the abuse that they've received from others. We don't know the type. The Bible does not specifically tell us, and I'm glad it doesn't. It leaves room for us to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. You've had five husbands. I believe from my assessment of this text that her husband left her. She couldn't leave him, not in Jewish culture. Well, why did they leave her? She might have been too witty for this. <coughs> Notice how she talked to Jesus. She didn't tell her she was no afraid, timid woman. What you talking about? Water. What she gonna dip it with? Maybe she had one little husband that couldn't stand a woman talking like that. So he got rid of her. And she got another one. I don't know. 
She said, our fathers, verse 20, worship in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where me and I She didn't hear Jesus say that. She knew theology. She understood the Jewish culture. You Jews say that this is where we should worship. But our fathers worship in this mountain. It's a long conversation you have with this woman. He said to her, woman, believe me, verse 21, the hour is coming when you shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. They're having a theological conversation in the middle of the day, just two people at the well, a man and a woman, a conversation that the Jews say should never happen. A man should never converse with a woman in public. And a Jew should never have anything to do with a Samaritan. And where were Jesus' disciples? They were going to get something to eat. <laughs> they were hungry. So they went. I heard one friend that was out of the bed. He said they went to Subway. <laughs> they had gone to get some lunch. It left Jesus there. The woman said, verse 25, I know that Messiah comes. She knew that. She had read the Torah. I know that Messiah is coming, which is called the Christ. When he's come, he will tell us all things. She understood to a degree the Torah. Kind of like Mary and Martha. I know that there's a resurrection. You know, down the road somewhere, Jesus, I am the resurrection. He said, I know there's a Messiah coming one day. Jesus said, hey, wait a minute, woman, I am. I'm the Messiah that's speaking to you. And as soon as he said that, here come his disciples. And they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou? People drew their own conclusion and they didn't even bother to get the facts. They saw him talking with a woman. They didn't ask him why. They just came to their own conclusion. And that happens so often in life. People see situations, they see people, they draw their own conclusion. They concluded she was an immoral woman. They concluded that she shouldn't have been talking to Jesus. They concluded that she was out to trap him. They concluded all these things. But none of that is what Jesus said. But I love this woman. Here's something else you miss if you don't read it carefully. Verse 28. The woman then, when? 
When was then? When the disciples came. When those men came. When those narrow-minded disciples came, that woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Now, I know that there will be some who will hang me for saying this, but this woman was the first evangelist. She was a preacher. She was sent by God, by Christ, to go and tell the men, come and see a man. You think you're a man. I met a man. I met a man today at the well. Come and see him. In the meantime, his disciples, verse 31, saying, Master, come on, eat something. He said, I have meat to eat that you don't know nothing about. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has somebody come and give him something, brought him something to eat? They were still in the natural. The same thing happened when people brought their children to Jesus. The disciples said, turn them away. Get them out of here. Jesus said, don't turn them away. For such is the kingdom of God. Oh, too often in life, people get turned off and they don't come to know Christ because they meet us. We get in the way. People trying to see Jesus and they see us with our judgmental spirits, with our misinformation. We don't bother to get the facts. We just go by what we think or what somebody said. So she left that water pot and she ran to the city and go, she went and told the men to come and see a man. I want you to notice Jesus said to his disciples in verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not that there are yet four months and then come the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. And he that reapeth, reapeth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth, another reapeth. I went, I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entered into their labor. Now this is again a very deep accusation that Jesus made. And it's too much for me to dig into that at this moment. I want to focus on this conversation that he and this woman had. 
So verse 39 says that many of the Samaritans of that city believed <coughs> on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that I ever did. So the woman left her water pot. She went back to the city. She told the men, she preached, to come and see a man that told me everything I ever did. And the Bible says <coughs> that many of the Samaritans, not just men, verse 39, of the city believed him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. Now, if this woman had been an immoral woman, I'm not saying she was without sin. I'm not saying that she was a perfect human being. But her reputation wasn't what we sometimes think that it is. When the people of Samaria heard her testimony, they believed. So verse 40 says, so when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode two days. And many more believed because of his own word. That's what the evangelist does. The evangelist goes from city to city and place to place and presents the gospel message. John said, I'm going before him. He who come, excuse me, <coughs> behind me, I'm not even worthy to unlace his shoes. So she went and she told the story. And the whole town came to believe because of her. You say, well, Pastor, what happened? He gave her water. What do you mean he gave her water? She left her water pot. You know why? Because that wasn't what she really needed. All right. A lot of times we see people in our world that are hurting. We want to judge them. We want to condemn them. We want to put them in a box. The songwriter talking about he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Excuse me. <coughs> he saw this woman's need. He saw her pain. He saw how she had no doubt been abused time after time by different individuals. You don't see anywhere, and again, I'm not saying she was without sin, but Jesus didn't say go and sin no more. He didn't say your sins are forgiven. This conversation was not about a woman who was caught up in sin but about a woman who was thirsty. A woman who was looking for love and acceptance. <clears throat> a woman who had been abused, a woman who had been mistreated, a woman who had been left in an abandoned state. And she met a man who gave her water, living water, and she never thirsty again. If you're here today and you're hungry, if you're here today and you're hurting, 
If you're here today and you have been abused, mistreated, misunderstood, he said you'd have five of them. So finally you just gave up on being married. But woman, I have what you need and it's not in this well. It's in me. If you're here today and you're struggling, you're searching, you're looking for satisfaction and peace and happiness and contentment, it's not in drugs. It's not in immorality. It's only in Jesus. She said, come, see a man. And the whole town came running. Sometimes looking in the wrong places. This woman thought that if I go to this well and get me some water, and water is important. <coughs> we need water. I need water right now. You can see that. Water is important. But the water that she needed could not be found in the well. The water that she needed could only be found in the living Jesus Christ the Lord. He gave her water.